0: Better hockey analyst in North America than Darren Pang. We got to hear him on the Blues broadcast for years here in St. Louis. Now he's doing work up in Chicago and he's continuing his national work on TNT as well. It was a pleasure to be able to see him last night on TNT as the Blues were taking on the Colorado Avalanche. And it is a pleasure to be joined by him now here on 101 ESPN. Darren, we appreciate the time as always. We sincerely thank you for hopping on with us in what is obviously a very busy schedule for you, I want to start here. You have the perspective now that is a little different than what you had previously, where you could take the 10,000-foot view on the Blues and tell us what you're thinking about this team just without having to see them on a night-in, night-out basis. What is your perspective of this Blues team through the first eight games of the season?
1: Well, I mean, I'm seeing a little bit of what we saw last year, um, which which was kind of teasing in some aspects. It was uh, There were moments where where I thought last year between the benches, boy, this, this team's gonna turn it right around. And uh and then there was other games that um there just was no fizzle, there's no bite back. And I, I know I like to say a little little spirit in the night and a little gumption, but I mean that's that's what this game is all about, is not going away. So um I think those inconsistencies are, are still something that that's plaguing the team. Like they can go into Calgary and win. They can you know, they can go into uh Vancouver, although there were some penalties there that, as I watched that game, I'm like, oh boy, I mean, that puts you on your heels when you're, when you take a penalty 17 or 18 seconds into the game. But, um, so all that being said, I think that's my best analysis. I mean, trying to figure out what, what kind of game they want to play or have to play consistently and have everybody on board to play that way. Um, so you know, does it start with five on five and, and keeping touch in the offensive zone and, and grinding down low. Um, does it? Does it start with maybe a couple of power play goals to get the confidence going? Cause it's obviously been a big struggle for the Blues so far this year.
2: You know, Panger, when it comes to the inconsistencies, you know, last season we just saw defensively this team looked lost on the ice, but offensively they could score goals. It seems like it's flipped this season to where defensively they do look better than what they did last year in front of Jordan Bennington, but the offense yeah. has just gone silent. Why do you feel like that happened?
1: Yeah, what a flip flop. You're right. I mean it's been encouraging to see Colton Preco, you know, play uh play a harder game in front of the net and, and then um you know, and again even last night, I mean the type of quality chances that Colorado generates is is um is almost not fair. Um because it's it's just so hard. They they move it down low, they punt it to McCarr, McCarr dances the line and he shoots it or he sends it to one side for one time, or he's got Ranton in front of the net. I mean you know, it, it reminds me, of, honestly, of the old Edmonton Oilers days and how it can put you on heels. But, but all in all, um, I would say, for me, I would take, I would take my druthers on a, on a harder defending game and playing meaner in front of my net, and, and eventually the offense will come. Rather than have a, have a lot of fancy offensive plays um, where it's not hard on pucks, but you're making these great little rush plays and, and dancing at the blue line, and you're soft in front of your net. Because you can't win being soft in front of your net. You just can't. But in the playoffs, or if you get down to the crunch, you can win 2-1. to one, And that's what it's all about. And that's what the Blues did in 19. If you've got a tough defense and your goaltending is, is they're able to see pucks and get some protection, then I think the offense will come up big when it needs to come up big.
0: Hanger, I think you saw last night one of Robert Thomas' best games that he's played so far this season. You know what the potential is with that guy. When he's on his game, what's going right for him? What did you see from him last night that hopefully can sustain now?
1: You know, the thing about Robert is he's an elite passer, and last year proved that. He was one of the best successful passers in the NHL. So if he button hooks wide and, and goes up towards the hash mark, um, he'll find somebody in the spot um so the players have to be ready for that but uh, i mean last night i i thought getting into the interior was, was better last night for robert thomas i I still think he's got he's got so much game he's got such a great brain and hands um but i guess the first thing that i noticed is getting the puck towards the net it ends up being a goal with which David's making a really great uh great screen in front of the net um and then and then obviously you know he has to be a leader he's asked to he's asked to play hard in all areas he, he's asked to win board battles and come to the bench exhausted and, and and that's going to be essential for Robert Thomas to to continue to evolve that way and, and be an elite player in this league so um you know that, that was what I saw last night a little bit more in the interior
2: We're talking with Darren Pang on uh, BK and Ferrario here on 101 ESPN. He was on the broadcast last night for TNT, Colorado, and St. Louis. Panger, through the struggles last season, Doug Armstrong labeled it, you know, we're entering a little bit of a a transition into a new era. He called it a retool, and he said, you know, we would like to be like the L.A. Kings that were turning this thing around back in the playoffs in about three years. After seeing them in that game yesterday, does it feel like they're on track still in that retool that Doug Armstrong has talked about?
1: uh oh, that, that that is always tough to say i mean you know i i know the vision of of army and 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 how he can honestly he's one of the very best in the nhl at kind of compartmentalizing you know emotions versus where we're at and 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 seeing where the prospect pool is and how long do you have to wait and and how many players are on the roster right now that are just you know they're maybe a, a cut and paste players if you, if if i can say it that way you know meaning you know that who knows where they're going to be at the end of this year, come the deadline, or who knows if he's going to commit to some players to begin next year. So that would open up, that would open up a lot with the cap going up um, and the free agent pool going younger. I, I mean, that's where I look at Army is, is you know almost what he did when he when he traded uh, you know Yuri Laterra for Braden Shen when he when he traded um, the picks to Buffalo for at that point. Uh, not or in his prime or not yet in his prime of Ryan O'Reilly. So uh, I could see Army evaluating, you know, the current roster, not players on long-term deals, but the current roster of players on single year deals and just deciding that that's not going to stick or that is going to stick and and going forward that way. So, I mean, you could possibly see a a whole, like a completely new five guys up front uh, for next year after free agency and and, and after the draft and what have you. So uh, that's, to me, where are where, where Army and his staff are, are really good at, at, at doing that.
0: Panger, last season, we got about 10 games into the year and Doug Armstrong came out and, and he had that press conference where he answered all of the questions because he said, it's it's my turn to now step in front of the mic and answer any questions you may have. At the time, I thought, man, this this feels a little premature that th- this team's three and seven. Sure. But it's, it's still going to be a good team. And obviously, I was incredibly wrong about that. They kind of had a good feeling of what that was going to be. And it just never got back on the tracks. When you are evaluating teams around the league, how far into the season do you feel like you need to get before you have a feel for what they're going to be that year?
1: Mm, That's a a good question. Most people say just following, you know, Thanksgiving, um, sometime in maybe early December. I mean, you've been at it, you know. Once once you get into the beginning of December, and and, you know, let's face it, you've gone through training camp, uh, you've gone through the preseason. Um, you've, now you've gone through enough games to say, okay, well, listen, this team is not, they're not coming together, they're not playing hard together, they're not battling hard for one another. Uh, the same players that were scratching and making healthy scratches, they're returning to the lineup and they're not, they're not giving it. I think it's quite easily middle of December to find out where your team is at, to be quite honest with you. And, and, and people might say, well, what about 2018-19? Well, I'll tell you, in 2018-19, as I was between the benches, I said it a few times, all I said was, when this team decides to check their ego at the door, this is going to be an unbelievable team. And, and, and that's kind of what happened then. It wasn't a lack of effort. It wasn't a lack of bite or, or lack of wanting to win. It was just that there was more added players that were getting assignments that the current roster wasn't getting, and there was a little confusion. Once they figured that all out, and once Alexander Steen... You know, put himself in a position to move up and down that lineup, and everybody saw what he did. That's when they checked their egos at the door, and that's when they became a great team. Um, but you can tell night in and night out if there's that, if there's that togetherness, and then there's that, that camaraderie to say, we're going to do whatever it takes to sit together and play hard together. So I would say middle of December is the time that you figure that out.
0: And Panger, final question that I've got for you. I I don't even like asking the question. We push back on it all the time, but I wanted to get your opinion because you know the man well, you know this team well. We get a lot of listeners that text in and say, hey, Craig Berube is part of the problem here. He's not the right guy to get this thing back on track. When you hear something like that and you know what this team is going through right now, how, how would you answer the question of is Craig Berube the right man to keep this team on the rails and then eventually to get them back on track and get them back to the postseason
1: well that, that's part and parcel there's two two ways of looking at that and I understand the fans frustration but you know it, it, it's also the evolution of what kind of players are being developed whether it's in the NHL or or in the system and uh, you know I mean I mean Craig Berube as we well know is a heavy player uh, get pucks down low don't waste shots falling from the outside hold on the pucks, hold on to pucks, be strong on them, and then pump them back to the points. And, I mean, I I can be watching a game and tell you exactly when Craig Ruby's a happy camper and watching the way <laughs> the team plays. I mean, there's, there's no denying that. But, you know, there are a lot of young players around the NHL, and the Blues aren't the only team that has them. You know, they come from different mentalities. They come from a fancy little go-through-the-neutral-zone play, and if it works, it works, and if it doesn't, they don't necessarily want to come back hard in their own zone. Um, they don't want to you know they don't want to battle for the red line to get it in deep, or battle for the blue line to keep pucks And uh, you know coaching's tough right now. I mean you can't be as hard on these players. You can't sit, You can hardly sit them down. You know your GM's going to have the agents down his throat, calling them. And you know you've got to be nice and gentle to a lot of these players. I mean it's a different. It's a different way. So what I can say to the fans is, we've been lucky in St. Louis to have Craig Berube. And and if it's, if it's time comes to an end just think of the great things that he's done with the St. Louis Blues. He's trying everything he can possibly try to do it and and get to the players and create the kind of environment that he wants to create with that team. And so um, always tough when you have a a transition and, and a different style of players.
2: Panger, you're always the best. It's great to hear your voice. It was great to see you on the call last night. Have a safe trip back to Chicago. All the best to you and the family, and we look forward to seeing you in St. Louis real soon.
1: I look forward to it as well, December 23rd.